speaking to you a message entitled, Moving Into the Impossible. Moving Into the Impossible. And I hope that you will pay very close attention to this message. And I want you to turn your Bibles over to Luke 1 and 37. Moving into the impossible. I believe that this year coming, and I'm prophesying here just a bit, but I believe that this year coming, God is going to move some of you into the impossible. I believe that. I prayed all week long to have a, a sermon, a word from God that would bring great hope to your life. I waited on the Lord all week long for him to speak to my spirit. And when he spoke this into my heart, I became very excited. Because it's something that will help you if you embrace this. A word of encouragement. Moving into the impossible. A lot of people want to stay away from the impossible. They like just hanging out with the possible. But many of you have prayed prayers that have caught the ear of God. Some of you have prayed years ago, waiting on something great to happen, something impossible. Some of you have prayed recently for something great to happen, something beautiful that'll touch your heart and your life. Some of you have looked at a mountain before you or a river flowing thinking, I cannot get there. I cannot cross it. I cannot get through it. But I want to share with you today a word that'll help you understand that with God, all things are possible. Right. Now, I'm just not saying those words because it's something that wants to come out of my spirit to say. I want you to hear this in a very incredible way. God wants you to understand that he wants you to live in the impossible. <clears throat> because it's the place where he dwells. It's the place where he will do great things. Now, the Bible says in Luke 1 and 37, nothing is impossible with God. Now, nothing is described as nil, zero. If you add zero to zero, it's zero. So nothing means that whatever you want of God and you love God and you're seeking God with all your heart and you're praying and you're believing for this, God enters into your life, your spiritual life, and he blesses you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, the Bible says. 
He begins to do a work in you in Philippians 1 and 6 that he'll continue to do until the day of the Lord. He is able, more than able. He is exceedingly abundantly more than able to do all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Now in the Greek it reads like this, according to the power that works within you, God is able to do all, exceedingly abundantly all, more than you could ever ask and think. Dream is what God is saying. Dream big dreams. Don't let the enemy of our soul, which he loves to ruin your plans. I'll share with you in a moment just some things. But just hang on to that. The enemy wants you to never experience the impossible. And God wants you to experience the impossible as much as you can. Now I want you to understand there's a a word that I'll share with you that you'll find actually in the book of Exodus in chapter 14. Where God tells Israel because he took them to this place of impossibility. He took them to a place where it was impossible for them to go any further. It was impossible for them to go to right or left. It was impossible to go back. But they began to complain. After 400 years of the taskmaster's whip upon their life, they got delivered by God out of Egypt. Pharaoh had no control over them. But as soon as they came to the impossible, now hear me spiritually, are you listening this morning? When they got to the place of the impossible, they began to say, we need to go back. We need to go back and live there in Egypt again. We need to, we need to go back because this is impossible. In other words, the angel of the Lord was with them, but the Lord said to them through Moses, go forward. What he's saying is go forward with the Lord. What he's saying is with the Lord you see, when, when the angel of the Lord is there, there is direction. You see, God wants to give you direction in your life. But you've got to come to the shores of impossible to understand what this direction is saying. You know, I, I think it's important that the body of Christ raises up and understands that the impossible, again, as I said earlier, is where God dwells. He wants to see the impossible happen in your life. That no man can get the praise for it. And the enemy fights you. Has anybody been fighting the enemy recently? The enemy fights you when... When, when he knows something impossible is going to be possible in your life. Somebody say, I want the impossible. Uh, he, he, he wants you to realize that the Lord wants you to have direction in your life. And that direction is always forward with God, not backwards. 
I was sharing with a young man yesterday who lives in a, a southern state. He was moving to a northern state, the pastor, and I'm a spiritual father, and he wanted to talk to me about some things. And I told him, I prophesied, I spoke a word into his life, which I'm not going to share that. But he said he wept and cried when he read it. But yesterday when we were texting back and forth, I shared with him this statement. God wants you to move forward. He doesn't want you to look backwards and move forward. He wants you to move forward and never look backwards. He texted me back. He said, Pastor, thank you. I needed that. You see, I think sometimes the church has a sore neck. Because it's always looking backwards of what it could have been. And God wants you to look forward to what it should be. What it should be in your life. Greatness. Empowerment. You see... The angel of the Lord was used by God to take them forward. Not backwards. If you want God to use you and you want God to do something in your life, then may I preach a little bit this morning. I am saying to you, you need to move forward in what God has said for you to become. Don't worry about it being forceful. Don't worry about doing anything. You move where God is placing you and you move in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost of the living God. What we need today is powerhouse people moving into what God's saying to move into. That they can tear down the kingdoms of hell and raise up the kingdom of God because in this Bay Area, the kingdom of hell seems to reign. But God's got a plan for the Bay Area. The Bay Area consists of all the Bay Area. Some people want to be selfish and say that this is the East Bay and that's San Francisco Bay Area. No, we are, we're all there. And the devil wants to reign. The devil wants to capture. The devil wants to corral. I want you to say this in my, your heart today or out loud if you will. God is going to expand my borders. And I'm going to do without any hesitation what God wants me to do. Because we're living in a day where there's no time, if I may say this, I'm wanting to encourage you, be with me. We're living in a day right now where, God, there is no time for hesitation. There's no time to sit down and take a breather. Because the devil likes to have you sit down and take a breather and think about the way it used to be. Oh, it was such a good relationship. Oh, we were so in love. Honey, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not in that relationship anymore. You're in a relationship with the Holy Ghost of the living God. And he's moving you into relationships that are holy and powerful and alive in Jesus Christ. Somebody shout, amen. 
He's a king that has no king over him. He's a God that has no God over him. He's a savior and there's never been a savior before him or after him because he is the only savior of your soul. He has poured in you the power of his spirit to give you the ability to conquer all those things before you. You've got to go forward first. You've got to go forward. The second thing that happens when you go forward with the God, not only does he give you direction, he gives you protection. You're protected against the wiles of the enemy. Your protection comes from the Lord and the wiles of the enemy or the lies of the enemy cannot break through. Oh, they may hit at you. They may smack at you. They may come at you and you've got to wrestle them. You may have to wrestle a little bit, but in prayer, you may not need to get on your knees and, and, and get in that place with God and, and seek his face. And you may wrestle a bit, but at the end of that prayer call, you're going to rise up in victory knowing that I'm moving forward. There's no river deep enough. There's no mountain high enough that's going to keep me from moving forward in the impossible because God is going to protect me. You know, when you're in the valley, his rod and his staff comfort you. He's there with you. And let me say this. Not only do you get direction, you get protection, but you get assurance. I love that song. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of heaven divine. If we would just hang on to who Jesus is in our life, if we would just hang on that what he is in our life, he is our savior. He's the one who has forgiven us of all sin. He has set us free. And we sit around and worry and fret. We don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to act insulting. But oh, if they're in the way, I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to insult your way through it. You need to offend your way through it. You need to get to where God is sending you. Those people were yelling at Moses saying, we want to go back. And God said, go forward. Lift up the staff. Lift it up. Show it forth and the waters were separated. I'm saying to you today, God wants you to move forward. Lift up the power and the anointing that God has given you and move forward in who he is, in the strength of who he is. He wants to take you to a place that you've wanted to go for a long time. He's just waiting on you. Waiting on you. To do something that he believes you can do. You just don't believe it. I think when they came to the River Jordan, they saw that rushing water in the harvest time. 
overflowing the bank embankments. You had tribes saying that they don't want to go. Sounds like church to me. They got to the river's edge and you had tribe and a half, I believe, didn't want to go. We'll stay here. We don't want to fight. We've been 40 years wandering and we don't want to fight. My Lord, my God. They don't want to fight. Then you have the other tribes thinking, well, we're going to do what we have to do. But the River Jordan, it was impossible. They had forgotten the Red Sea. You see, we forget what God has already done for us. He saved us. He filled us with the Holy Ghost and power. He's healed us. He's strengthened us. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, the other day the doctor told me I was anemic. I think I shared that with you. I went into the, the store to get some vitamins and things, and the guy said, you look a little gray. I felt good leaving there that day. My wife said, I prayed. God says, you're all right. I just got all my blood tests back yesterday. Every blood test you could possibly think of came back. It took two pages to register them. The doctor said at the bottom, you are looking great. Give me a call if you want to. Praise God. Let me tell you, God will touch your body. God will touch your life. God will come into your life and strengthen and power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. He'll come in there and bring into you life. A life that you are wanting. A life that's full of possibilities, not impossibilities. A life that says no matter what happens, he is going to open up the door so wide that it's going to be huge. A life that says, I hear your prayers. I hear your prayers. I see your tears. I want to refresh you. I want to get you to the place where I want you to flourish in my kingdom's work. I want you to be empowered by my Holy Spirit. I want you to prophesy. I want you to speak my word. I want you to walk in the knowledge of who I am and never Never look back because the back doesn't show you anything but failures. My forward shows you success, abundance, kindness, and mercy, and joy. Hallelujah. Can I preach a little bit? Well, I like fooling around with all this backward stuff. I like getting the phone calls. I like just having somebody call me and ask me, are you all right? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. But let's talk about the back instead of the forward. The forward says, I got faith. I got the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I got the knowledge that God's word has been applied to my heart. I'm a child of the living God. He is my king. He is my savior. And I have been called to be a soldier. I am a warrior for Jesus Christ. So devil, get out. Get out. 
get out. Because I'm moving forward. I'm believing that what God said is true. God said, what you got to do here? This impassable river? The priests. The church. The church. The church has got to step out and put their foot in the water because nothing's happening till somebody steps out. Nothing's going to happen in your ministries till you step out. You got a man of God preaching to you. You got someone who walks with God, who spends hours with prayer with God, who seeks the face of God, who reads his word with diligence and looking for something that God is saying. I am saying to you right now, nothing's going to happen in your life till you step out, step in, not step back. My Lord, my God, my King and my Savior, help me to preach today. Help me to preach. The priests have got to step in for the rest to step in. You see, God may want to use you to step in for the rest to step in. The devil will tell you, no, you don't do that. No, 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 not here, not there. No, 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 no. God says, yes, 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 yes. Step in. Amen. So the rest can step in. When the priest stepped in, the waters separated. Separated. Six miles wide. You see, God doesn't do small separations. Oh, my God, I'm going to preach in a minute. God doesn't do small things. He doesn't do small little bitty things like people want. Oh, he did a little bitty thing for me today. God does great things that will move mountains and open up pathways for you. Open up doors that men have shut on you. And God said, open. Walk forward. It's your door. Your door. I know you don't get preaching like this anymore. You get some of that stuff standing behind a little pulpit saying a little thing, getting you a little encouraged, and you get to go home. God's raising up preachers and prophets again. They're going to preach with power. 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 They walked across that. Then all of a sudden, the impossible hits them again. You see, when you walk with God, you got to go through some impossibles. You got to go through some impossibles. The walls of Jericho happen. My God. My God. A city surrounded by walls. And God uses a sinner to get some spies in there. And God saves a sinner, who will willing to help God's people. Don't you ever turn from a sinner and think they're not worth anything. God chose her. God used her. And God was able to get his spies out so they knew what they were facing when they went in. God always has a look before you go in. 
Always has a look. Am I helping anybody today? Then God says, Is my office open? Somebody go in there and get my shofar. I'm going to blow the shofar this morning. God says, walk around there. Walk around that city of walls. I'm going to get you in. He didn't tell him the whole picture. He said, Walk around there. Seven days, one time a day, and on the seventh day, walk around it seven times, and on the seventh time, I want you to shout. I'm going to say what God wants the church to do. Shout again. Shout again. Well, I don't want to shout. I'm embarrassed. Well, What are you embarrassed of? The miraculous? The empowerment of God? Let me tell you something right now. They walked around there. They walked around there. They were being criticized. The cynics were screaming at them, laughing at them. I'm sure they were throwing things at them off the off the top of the wall. I'm sure that there was a and there was a a woman inside there who tied a little red ribbon the sinner isn't it amazing that it was a red ribbon red the color of the blood of Jesus Christ the red ribbon literally come on give me that praise God let me tell you something go around there and, and, and walk in order You see, God wants the church to be in order. The church is not in order today. It's out of order because everybody wants to be the head and not the tail. I tell you, the first place I'll take is the tail because I'd rather be the tail than the head because I want to serve God no matter what he says I should do. Somebody say amen. Amen. I'd rather be on my knees praying than pastoring. I'd rather be on my face praying instead of pastoring because I want to be as close as I can to God. I want to be where he wants me to be. The walls are thick. 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 Impenetrable. They didn't have any bulldozers. They didn't have any wall crushers. They didn't have anything like that. They were just people who'd been in the desert 40 years. One and a half tribes decided to stay over there. They watched the miracle from a distance. I'm going to ask you a question before I go on. Are you a miracle watcher from a distance or you're part of the miracle? Seven times on the seventh day, on the seventh day, he told them to shout and they began to blow the shofar. (laughs) 
the shout of the ram's horn, the noise of victory. The battle wasn't going to be a battle that day. It was God's battle. And all we had to do was walk and shout. God is saying to the church again, all you have to do is walk and shout. Then there's Calvary. The impossible. How could a man die and save us? How could a man die and save us? How could a man die and be buried? And save us. Let me tell you a little bit about Jesus. Jesus never visited a graveyard when he was alive. He never went to the hospital when he was alive. All he did is walk where God, his father, directed him. They begged him to stay in certain places and he said, no, I've got to get to the next town and preach because that was what he was sent to do is preach. Oh my God, if people would come again to churches to preach instead of to come to be popular, to be praised, but to preach the gospel of the King of Kings and the Lord of glory. Well, I tell you, the devil's not in this room now. I've preached him out of here. Let me tell you something right now. God's got a plan for your life. 2019 is going to be a door-opening year for you. What you thought would never happen is already beginning to happen this very moment. People are looking for you. People are waiting for you. People need you. Because you're carrying in your spirit what they need. They need Jesus. I'm preaching, I believe, a little bit. He never went to those places. The only time he got around crowds, they always asked him to do something. And he did. Something miraculous. So whenever we invite Jesus into the crowd, he's ready to do something miraculous if we just asked him. If we would just count on him and have the faith to do that. Am I helping anyone today? I mean, you're all caught up in all sorts of stuff. You don't know how to get out of your stuff, and you don't know how to get out of being caught up. Let me tell you what you do. You walk up. You walk up towards the glory. You walk up towards the impossible. You walk up towards the king of kings and watch him do a miracle in your life that only he can do. Calvary. They took him. They buried him, and they thought, all his disciples, they, he told them he'd be back. 
what has Jesus told you that he was going to do? And you're sitting around in a room, a spiritual room, a spiritual room, a spiritual room with the doors closed, the doors closed. And you're all afraid because Jesus told me something, but I don't want anybody to get to me. My God, blast that door open. Blast it open. Anything in your way, just jump over the top of it, praise God. Get to the place where Jesus wants you to be and preach the gospel with power and with anointing and know that he's a king. He is the king of kings and the Lord of glory. He'll heal you. He'll strengthen you. He'll... Fix that relationship or he'll put you in a brand new one. Amen. My God. My God. Someone shout. I like hiding in my closet though because no one sees me. I got so much faith in my closet. Praise God. But when I come out of my closet, I'm just a tender little lamb. A tender little lamb. Oh no, God wants you to shout. He wants you to shout. (laughs) That third day, something happened. No one came and unsealed that tomb. He blew that rock right out. You see, what I'm saying to you right now is God wants to blow that rock that's causing you to sit inside someplace in darkness and worry and fear and anxiety. He wants you literally to move forward. He wants you to walk in a new and fresh anointing. He doesn't want doubt. He doesn't want fear. He doesn't want anxiousness. He wants faithfulness. He wants to stir those gifts that are in you. Stir them up. They're there. He put them there. He's stirring them up. You know, God never stirs anything lest he wants it to come to the top and be used. God is a fixer of problems. He's the denier of fears. He's a stomper of doubt. And he kicks worry right out the door. God wants faith. 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 You see, he walked out of that tomb alive forevermore. I'm saying to you today that he's out of the tomb. He visits us. He visits you in prayer. He touches your life and he tells you something about yourself and he tells you what he's about to do and you start looking. Backward. I'm going to sneak out the door now because I don't want him to see what I'm what I'm supposed to do because I'm going to go hide. This is too much for me. I'm going to hide. 
But all of a sudden that door opens and you walk out in the power and the anointing of God. And God is proud of you. He taps Gabriel and says, look at that one. They believed. Let's go down and touch their heart. Let's go down and protect them. Let's go down and assure them. Let's go down and give them assurance and direction and protection. Because he rose, we can shout today. How many believe he rose? How many believe he saved your soul? I don't know what's going on in the church world today, but I'm going to say, yeah, hallelujah. Well, I don't shout, Pastor. I'm a little too timid. Oh, I'll shout for you. (laughs) Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Faith needed in the impossible. It's needed. In our lives, it's needed. In all that we do, faith is needed. Faith. Believe in God. Don't make up in your mind. Am I helping anyone today? Don't make up in your mind an excuse to keep you from moving forward. I talk to people all the time all over the United States. They always got excuses. I talk to pastors that are struggling in churches and I tell them how to handle it. And they say, thank you. I don't know if I'm going to do that or not, but thank you. Then they call me back and say, I tried it and it worked. Why did it work? Because it was the Lord speaking into their heart through me. This is how you take care of that difficulty. Hallelujah. You know, I'm going to be in trouble saying this. I've been in trouble in a long time, but I'm going to say it. Not everything is found in a book. Not everything you need from Jesus is found in a book. The Bible, yes, but not in a book that somebody wrote. Do you know that everybody wrote all these books and they got all their information from the Bible? I mean, I read a lot of books. But I always read the Bible first. And what I'm saying to you is that stop looking to a book when you can look to the Bible. Read the book Get some good stuff, but look to the Bible for what you need to do. Philippians 3, 12 through 14, I want to read this to you. Not that I have already obtained it in the Amplified. This goal of being Christ-like or have already been made perfect, but I actively press on so that I may Take hold of that perfection for which Christ Jesus took hold of me and made me his own. I press on. I don't press backwards. I don't fall backwards. I press on. If it gets hard, I press harder. If it gets impossible, I call on God to bring me through. I call on God to touch me. Whatever it may be, I'm going to press on. I am not looking backwards. Oh, oh, hallelujah. I just feel some of you, now forgive me, and I'm not asking forgiveness for preaching, but just forgive me for having to say this, is the sense of it is that you've been looking back. There's nothing back there but pain, fear, 
letdowns. You've been you've been mistreated you've been abused you've been made to feel less than a woman but God wants you to feel like who he created you to be empowered in love good about yourself Amen. He wants to set you free. Am I helping anybody today? It goes on to say, brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet. But one thing I do, forgetting, what's that say? Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Sometimes that reach takes a long reach. Sometimes it takes a long reach. Sometimes it's such a long reach that you actually got to get there. And I don't want to scare anybody here. But you get towards that doorway of deliverance and all of a sudden you just got to dive through. Yeah, praise God. And you get to the other side and you're thankful you did. Amen. Somebody looking at me like I'm not young anymore. <laughs> you got to dive through to victory. I was watching the football games recently. When them boys are getting down towards that goal, they know they're going to make it. And they know somebody may catch them. They dive. Praise God. We got to learn to dive into our promise. Dive into your promise. Dive into your promise. Dive, 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 dig, dig, dig to that promise becomes your wholesome life. Shande Bukura Masai. My Lord, my God, I'm preaching this morning, I believe. Forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal. Some of the people that listen to me preach today on this podcast, I've got over 5,000 people that listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. Some folks, once they reach forward, they die forward, they forget they had a goal. You got a goal? What's your goal? What is your goal? Is it a godly goal? Is it a godly goal? Not a person goal. Not a woman goal or a man goal. But a goal that God said, this is who I want you to be. This is what I want you to become. To win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. If you're a preacher in this house today, and I'm not ashamed to say it that way, I'm not ashamed to say if you're a preacher in this house today, I'm not ashamed to say it again. If you're a preacher in this house today, even if you don't hold the piece of paper that says you're a preacher, but you think you're a preacher, You've got an upward call. Yes. 
You don't have a forward call. I'm going to close on this in a minute. I'm bringing it down. You got an upward call. You don't got a forward call. You know, I don't have no forward call. I got an upward call. That's why I spend so much time with the, the upward area. Because I want to be blessed. I want to receive from God. I've got an upward call. Hallelujah. An upward call. Not a backward call. Not a forward call. But an upward call. Into heavenly places. I want to be blessed with all spiritual blessings. As the Bible says. In heavenly places. Some people just want to stay down here on this old earth. And look like they're being blessed. But inside they're dying. They don't have any source of joy. They don't have peace. They don't even know their identity any longer. I'm speaking into your spirit right now. Thus saith the Lord God, look up, look up, look up and see what I have for you. Look up and see what I can do for you. There's a cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Oh, we all want to include all our family and friends in those clouds, but that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches those clouds of witnesses are the people in Hebrews 11. They looked up. I love what Moses said. He said, I'm going to follow my folks instead of following the Pharaoh in his world. His world looks a lot richer than mine. I got more seemingly power in his world. I got abundance in his world. I got a title in his world. But I'd rather follow the upward, the upward call of Jesus Christ. Amen. Wherever he wants to take me, whatever he wants to do with me. And I'm not just preaching this to you because of what we spoke about this morning. I'm preaching this because I'm trying to reach into some hearts today that God is saying, look up, look up, look up. What he has for you is much greater. It may not be as fond and golden as a, it looks elsewhere. But he sees you finished. He sees you stepping into glory. There's no gold that can match the glory. There's no gems or pearls that can match the glory. There's no peace that can match the glory. There's no eternity that'll match the glory. There's no mansion that'll match the glory. There's no bank account that'll match the glory. What God has for you in the upward call is his presence, his power, and his purpose. God wants you to look up and look to the author and finisher of your faith. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Shake off the stuff that's keeping you from doing anything. Shake it off. And let the Holy Ghost have his will. Have his work. And have his wonder in your life. Stop letting people tear you down. 
Don't let people tear you down. Somebody tears you down, they're like a candle. Just do that, blow them out. Boom, they're nothing but smoke now. Boom, they're nothing but smoke. Boom, they're nothing but smoke. Boom, they're nothing but smoke. Just do it. You don't have to blow on it, you have to squeeze them. Because God's fire is greater than that candle. God's fire is more powerful than the world's fire. God's impossible is awesome. Let me close with this thought, and I'm going to do this, just like this. God spoke with Abram. He said, I'm going down to Sodom and Gomorrah, and I'm going to destroy the city. Bear with me. I'm going to destroy the city. Abraham pleaded from 50 down to 10. 50 down to 10. That's the mercies of God. That's That's the love of God. God said, if I find 10, I'm not going to mess it up. He couldn't find 10. He found a city like San Francisco. I could preach an hour there. He found a city like Las Vegas. He found a city like Los Angeles, like New York, like Miami, like Chicago. Crime. Immorality that's indescribable. Women treated like dirt. Men don't even know who they're in love with. He went there, and the men, can I, can I just say this? The men wanted those angels to come out so that they could know them. They didn't send him out, he sent his daughter out. That's how evil it was. Lot had become a person that became part of the city at the gate instead of being a person that was of God but not with the city, but was in the city. They ran. And what did God say? Don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. They ran out as quickly as they could be running. And Lot's wife looked back. And immediately she was turned to a pillar of salt. I wonder today, 
how the church stands as a pillar of salt. The Bible says in the revelations to the church of Philadelphia, if you continue to do what I ask you to do and obey me, you will be pillars in heaven. If you look back, you could become a pillar of salt. Lot lost his wife that day to sin and disobedience. God is saying to all of us in this room today and anybody listening to this podcast today, don't look back. Don't look back. Because if you look back, you may marry what you left. Part of my testimony is that I've never looked back. Ever. When Jesus came into my life, I never looked back. I was invited to look back. Phone call after phone call, invited to look back. Invited. But I never looked back. Today, I challenge you. I hope that I have said something in this time of preaching. These moments that we have together that you will never look back. The Lord just said to say this, stop trying to fix what you can't fix because when you fix it, it's going to be the same that it was, not for a while, but it's going to end up the same that it was. I don't know who I'm speaking to. Move forward. God has it under control. 